Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. We are having a very special Work Human Radio today. I am joined by some of my friends from the Twin Cities, Kate Bischoff and Wendy Berry. Welcome to the show. And can you just tell people a little bit about yourself? We'll start with you, Kate, first. Hi, everybody. My name is Kate Bischoff. I am a lawyer here in the beautiful city of Minneapolis, and I also consult with HR departments. So my whole gig is trying to make workplaces better and compliant. All right. And Wendy, how about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Wendy Berry, and I am in St. Paul, probably just across the river from where Kate is right now, and do human resources for a nonprofit. And yeah. And you are a city councilwoman, right? I am. I was going to say that, but I paused. Yeah, I'm on the city council uh, <laughs> in the city of West St. Paul, too. So I'm the first openly LGBTQ person that has been elected there. So that's kind of cool. That's fantastic. Now, obviously, you guys are living in an area that has faced some unrest recently due to the protests. How are things there now? I guess it's almost been one month since George Floyd. Well, I would say in Minneapolis, I am incredibly hopeful. Because if you go down to the area where the fires were, you would see still groups of people volunteering, cleaning up, painting, trying to make sure that everyone in that community has enough food, enough clothing. And so that brings me a great deal of hope. I'm also hopeful that we're going to have a real opportunity to make change in how we do policing in the city. It requires a lot of work, particularly because we have a very strong police union that is starting to do many of the things that we're seeing in other cities like Atlanta, where there's the blue flu or not coming to work for a variety of reasons. But I see hope here much more than I have in a while. Good. Good. Well, that's good to hear. I would agree. I mean, I think the feeling of community is so the best takeaway from all of this, just watching people gather and cut out meals and clean up glass in the road and, and that sort of thing. If you have to find one bright light of that, it's definitely that, you know, with the second of looking at, looking at what's going on with policing and how we can just get better with it. So I wanted to have you on the show today to talk about the recent Supreme Court decision that it surprised me. I did not think that something progressive would get passed, but it did. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that means, Kate, in the law, and then Wendy, what it means for you as a member of the LGBTQ community? Yeah. So the law part of it is in Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the word sex is one of the listed protected classes. And Justice Gorsuch, when looking at the question of whether sex includes the status of same-sex orientation or transgender status said there's no way to describe someone who is a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer without discussing sexual terms like gender, like who folks love. And for that reason, then sexual orientation and gender identity have to be included in Title VII. So very exciting that it is. It's about time, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wendy, how did you hear about it and how do you feel about that news? 
Yeah, I was equally as shocked. I would have loved to see a 9-0 decision, but I was very, very pleased with even just a 6-3. We'll take it. And yeah, I honestly wasn't paying too close of attention to it because I don't have a lot of hopes for rights for the LGBTQ community to be restored or given. It's more them being taken away right now. So yeah, it was exciting. I mean, I like to think that people wouldn't fire someone because of any of those reasons, but I'm also in a bubble when it comes to that because I know I would never do it, but it was exciting all around. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to basic human decency that I could be a great employee, really killing it and everything that I do at work human. And then let's say the next day I talk about, oh, I have my husband or my partner and they find out that I'm gay or something. And then they could immediately... Every good thing that I've done for the organization, now there's a reason to fire me. It just seems that even without the Supreme Court decision, that you should be able to make a case against that because it's just... Well, and that's exactly what was happening. Gerald Bostock, Amy Stevens, Don Zarda, that was their story. They were great employees. In fact, Bostock had won awards for his group. And then... He joins a gay softball team. I think it's softball. And all of a sudden he's let go because he doesn't represent the county's ideals. And so that's exactly what happened is it wasn't the value of him and what he brought to the organization. It was merely who he loved as the problem for this organization. Now, Wendy, have you faced any type of workplace discrimination in the past? You don't have to name names, but... No, it's, um, that's fine. I would love to name. No, um, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. I wasn't completely working as an out gay person until I actually started in HR, which is ironic on its own self. But the job prior to that, I was a lot of neutral pronouns, that sort of thing, because I didn't know. I may have been terminated from that job. I think maybe that would have had something to do with being gay. I had my head was shaved at the time and my new boss was not comfortable with that which is weird, but it got me into HR. So maybe just a thankful thing that happened. But no, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing bad in people, which is my issue, I guess. And so I like to say no. I mean, I've seen probably more outside of the workplace and in the workplace. We'll go with that. So I talked to Mary Raspberry about diversity inclusion and been down the road in DC earlier this year and went to the museum. And I think a lot of this outright discrimination is a lack of actually knowing people that are in these groups and being raised to feel like they're the other that there are it's just that here i just i mean even today rudy giuliani tweeted that the black lives matter people are going to come and take your home and they're going to take it's just stoking that fear Mm. it's like no they're not they're not going to come take your home (laughs) That's almost exactly what the current congressman from the first district of Minnesota said today, too, is along those lines. Fear of the other. I mean, there's nothing to fear of other people unless they have a reason to dislike you. If you have a conversation with any child between the ages of five and 13 and you tell them about the Bostock decision, they'd be like, what? Why? What? What? You could do that before? Like, that's shocking to them. And that is great because that group of people is going to think that that is not how we should continue forward. There's hope there. And as we are raising our children and as we are talking to other folks, it is worth it to hear other people's stories. It is valuable to know what other people have experienced in their life because it helps make you a better person. 
when we don't hear those stories, we're not helping or perpetuating by not asking people their stories and listening to them and asking questions as they feel comfortable answering. There's a lot people can do. And it's sometimes it's just a conversation to start and it's not difficult. I mean, my five-year-old can do it. So I don't know why adults can't. <laughs> yeah. I think this generation of kids is really going to do some good things. I think that I've known people that were gay that are in their sixties uh, now and talking to them about their experiences and how that differs from someone that's in their thirties now. And then maybe kids now that have that, you know, when I was a kid, if you were gay, that was the end of the world. That was a, you know, you don't want to be gay or whatever. It's the toxic masculinity. I'm not gay, but I had many friends that were. And I think now it's just another thing because the people are just more open to just people as people. And that's what we should really be doing. I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> That's okay. Those tangents are great. I mean, I think as we see more of the stories, I mean, just think of the impact a show that was not necessarily top-notch television, but Will and Grace normalizing being gay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was huge. Ellen normalizing being a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Like once we start seeing those and become more normal stories to us and we joke and we laugh at the silly things Jack does and his jazz hands and all that stuff, we feel comfortable with them. We feel comfortable with Cam being married on Modern Family. And so there's a lot that we can do even passively to see the other around us that makes it so that they're not so other and scary. It's unique. I mean, I'm in a situation now on city council where I am another, you know, I am a person from the LGBT community serving, like that was elected into office. And I just want to see more others do that. It's not easy and it's scary because no one wants to be the first other. Yeah. So we just have to find ways to make that easier for people and not as intimidating. Yeah. I mean, every 30, 40 years, we're making like a little bit of a step towards equality for everybody. I'm just hoping that we keep moving forward and some of the arguments against, I don't know how you can argue against giving someone an equal right. <laughs> I just. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. I am totally okay treating people badly because they are mean and cruel in the workplace. I am totally okay with that. But that is a choice to be that way. It is yeah. not a choice to be these, to fall in these other categories that we as a society have decided it's unfair to treat someone differently because of. So I'm an equal opportunity, a whole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you're a jerk, you should not get, protected. So I'm very involved in the Boy Scouts in my area. I was an Eagle Scout. I came up through the program and it was really good for me as a kid. I have a twin brother and we were in the troop together. Well, I'm actually quadrupled. There's four of us, but that's a whole nother story. What? So, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's two boys, two girls. We're all the same age, but my brother and I were in the troop and the Scoutmaster is like a father figure. We stayed on as alumni to help out. I teach a merit badge now. We started a charity, give money back. But we had a lot of problems with, I think it was probably 10 years ago that they banned gays for a while. And I understand mm -hmm. that a lot of it has to do with each troop has a chartering organization that is kind of like their legal backing and raises money for them and so forth. And a lot of these places were churches. And so that's where all that came from. But as far as our troop, like, I think I've known maybe five or six kids that ended up being gay. And it's 
who cares? And it's just like, and then the arguments was like, okay, well, you know, what's, you know, if you're putting people in tents together and stuff. If I was 15 years old and you put me in a tent with a girl, I'd be terrified. Right. I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> um, I'd want to, but it's just absolutely ridiculous. They've gone back on that now and they actually have started having girls in the troop. And I was working a camporee last fall and I got my first experience of a girl troop and they were fantastic. It's like the boys troops weren't listening. They were <laughs> goofing around. The girls actually wanted to like learn and convince. Well, so. I will speak for Wendy here as the mother of boys, mothers of Oof. boys. That is our normal experience all the time. Mm. So, <laughs> Yes. Well, yes. I'm glad I have girls. <laughs> and the Boy Scouts are something that we probably before we had kids. So five years ago, we kept saying, man, if we could just find a troop that was friendly to our little family when we have boys, because I did not want girls, then that would be great. And so we moved into West St. Paul four years ago. And it's a smaller suburb, but we, through that, found some different troops that are sponsored by more LGBTQ friendly organizations, which makes me really happy that my kids can have that experience. Yeah, it set me up in learning what leadership was from an early age and being self-sufficient. I was joking with, so I have this alumni group, they're my closest friends. And I was joking when the pandemic started that like all my skills for like keeping alive are going to be used like, <laughs> right now. And we used to have this huge bin of non-perishable food. So like you just keep this bin and it's like ramen and stuff. I told the Scoutmaster JP, I'm like, that is gold right now. You are sitting on a stash So I want to go back a little bit with workplace and LGBTQ. So decision comes down. How should HR people address LGBTQ issues in the workplace? I know that's a broad question, but how can we better support our LGBTQ coworkers? I mean, for me, when I started this job about a year ago, the organization I work for is called Justice Health, and we do a lot of health equity stuff for the LGBTQ community. And so I started right? Probably definitely not one of the gayest people here. And I would say that to all my coworkers, but you all- I didn't realize it was a ranking. <laughs> it is. It's, it's totally right. <laughs> but it's nice to not be, you know, again, the only or the other. But like our business cards have our pronouns on it. When we walked in, people introduced themselves with their pronouns. So it was like, hey, I'm Wendy. I use she, her pronouns. And they didn't ask what mine were. I was able to provide them if I wanted. And I think that's kind of a safety zone when you walk in and you start seeing that and hearing that. And it's free. You know, companies don't have to worry about it. We have two restrooms here that you can clearly tell were once male and female restrooms, but now they're both marked as gender neutral. And again, 20 bucks to slap a sign over that wall. And now everyone feels comfortable using either one of these restrooms. And so just walking in and seeing those things my first or second day, I was like, all right, this is safe. I don't have to not put my family pictures up. I don't have to say my partner when I think that word is very business-like for myself. And so I like to say wife, but I don't have to hide those things. And those are like super easy, quick things that anyone can do like right now. That's great. I mean, I love that you said that you don't want to have to say partner because I've heard that and it's become kind of like a trendy thing for even like heterosexual couples to say my partner. And I've just always said my wife and then I'm like, am I doing something wrong? I didn't put pronouns on my business cards or anything because I'm obviously a guy. Right. No. And you just learn, right? (laughs) Yeah. So so it's, it's, it's fine, you know? Well, and 
And I would say one thing that I see particularly now in June, like we're humans whole logo is a rainbow. So are lots of other organizations. And while it may be to some just, you know, it's just flashy marketing stuff. I mm -hmm. think there really is value in saying we support the LGBTQ community. We see you, we love you. I mean, like those posts particularly delta had a great one yesterday like celebrating the folks that you have working for you shows how much you value them and shows how much we want to be a welcoming place for everyone so i think that has a lot of value yeah we've always supported lgbtq members of our workforce one of our executives happens to be gay and we try to support diversity inclusion for everybody and so even the beginning of this year when Black History Month was coming up, we were like, what can we do with our network of people that we know to actually make a change? And that's why I went to D.C. and talked to Tamara Raspberry. But with LGBTQ, we marched in the parade last year. It was the first time that we marched. We're all remote, but we're doing a lot internally to support our members. And I've seen just from a personal standpoint from people that had marched last year, I was like, oh, there was a gentleman that was marching with his daughters. And one of them had, uh, I think she was probably early on in high school and just kind of come out. And you never realize what someone else, everybody's affected by something. So it was just good to see everybody together and working towards positivity. It says a lot. I mean, it says a lot because other people can see that and it's safe, it's welcoming, and it's treated as a positive thing and not as a, you know, Oh, I don't know. We're only going to talk about this for 30 days because that's all that Pride Month includes. So I think that's fantastic. And I will tell you, I went to my first Work Human last year and I've not had the best experience at other HR conferences, but there was a sign that said, you are welcome here. No, something like that. Yep. I you, you belong. Like yes, you belong. I took like 500 pictures of it and I was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> but then like two, like a day into it, I was like, holy crap. You can tell that that work human recognizes and honors individuality and it doesn't matter what that individual person is or who they are. It's just, you know, you belong there and that's important for any organization. Yeah. Stripped down from everything on the outside, we're basic humans and we deserve to be treated as such. And there are some organizations out there in conferences that have kind of moved on the political spectrum of not supporting everybody, not to name names, but I think this is a real good opportunity for us that we've always supported everybody. And we've always tried to create this community of HR people that are working to make positive change in their organizations. And so hopefully one day we will have another Work Human Live <laughs> in person where we celebrate the vaccine and each other. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's a tough time for everybody right now in that, you know, job security's out the window. You feel like anything could happen and it's really stressful. I mean, I got my kids home every day and it's just yeah. a nightmare. But it's been great to work for a company that gets that I'm not going to be able to be at my computer from nine to five every mm -hmm. day. That I am stressed. <laughs> I am sitting next to a closet. <laughs> my workspace. So it's just good. And I, I mean, it's, I'm thankful to be part of an organization like that. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I hit seven years coming up this fall. That's fantastic. Yeah. So thank you both. If people want to follow you on Twitter to see what wonderful things you're tweeting, can you just give them a quick, what's your handle? Uh, yeah, mine is uh, just the Wendy Berry. So 
the Wendy Berry. It's crazy. <laughs> That's great. Um, no explanation. That's just what it is. <laughs> Mine is K eight B I S C H. So great. And I'm Mike Wood tweets. But Kate, you also have a podcast, right? Do you want to plug your yes. podcast? Because it's great. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the Hostile Work Environment Podcast. My buddy Mark and I break down news about employment law, but also sometimes we get to go back into the archive of crazy, weird things that happen in the workplace. Luckily, we were able to do a whole episode devoted to the Bostock decision. So we're pretty happy about that. Yes, I started listening to some of the episodes. I love them. If you like kind of delving into some legal issues of some very kind of interesting topics, like let's say you have a coworker that's very flatulent and you don't know how to approach the situation, there's a whole episode on that. Yes, all because Mark hates fart jokes. Uh-huh. Yes. Noted. <laughs> well, thank you both. And keep staying safe and happy. And thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate it. For 20 years, WorkHuman has helped leading brands build cultures of gratitude and human connection. Their solutions work in the best of times, the worst of times, and all the time. Let them work for you in turning isolation into recognition, connection, and celebration. Get up and running in minutes at WorkHuman.com.